All right, we did it. Episode 100. Welcome to the Dwelle Podcast. Grateful to have you along for the ride. I'm Stuart Anderson. Just a short introduction before we hear from Sarah Sturm. Grateful for Sarah. Thankful that she would be our episode 100. Uh, Chip and Kristen join on this episode. So the four of us interview Sarah. So awesome. She's so fun and everything that we thought she would be uh, on the podcast. So hopefully you enjoy this episode with her. Learn a lot from her. uh, Laugh with some of the stories that we share and just have a, a great time celebrating episode 100 of the Me Dwelly podcast with professional racer Sarah Sturm. So thanks, Sarah. And thanks to all those who uh, are listening and have been part of Me Dwelly podcast. It has been a fun project over the last three or four years, uh, interviewing not only team members, but local Utah cyclists, professional national racers, and our sponsors. Uh, it's been a, a really fun project to get to know everybody and share the culture of our team Uh, out there. So thank you for all those who've participated, who've been on the episodes, who've been co-hosts, and in any way participated in the Midwelly podcast. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, we're moving forward. So we've got more guests lined up for 2024, and uh, a lot of team members on Midwelly who uh, you got to hear their stories, you got to meet them, and you got to hear everything that they have to share about their own lives, advice, wisdom, uh, you name it. So Thanks for being part of the journey. Grateful to share this with all of you and thankful especially for our sponsors, uh, our awesome team sponsors who are members of this team who make it possible for us to do the podcast and uh, especially support the team in all that we do. Uh, A couple quick announcements before we move forward on Miduele.com. You'll see updated information about Team Camp coming up in St. George. It's It's big. Uh, <laughs> buckle up. Uh, Jake is going to plan the camp and he already has a, a committee lined up. This isn't just a couple people. It's like 20 people planning camp, uh, routes, raffle, swag, food, you name it. Uh, it is, it is being planned for camp. It is going to be so fun. Uh, and there's a lot of work going into make it, making it the best, the best camp possible. So plan on being there. Team fee covers you to go. Uh, there'll be meals and swag and support and everything provided at camp. So please plan on being there. It's a huge part of uh, growing who we are and what we do. So Midwelly.com's got all the information about camp. Uh, so really looking forward to it. Uh, team kit orders closed last week and they have gone into production for our normal team kits uh, we're looking forward to having Volet make those for us and deliver them to the team. Uh, so we're super excited about 2024 and uh, our new kits. So that's it for me for announcements. Let's get on with Sarah Sturm. <laughs> thankful for her and uh, thankful for all those listening. All right. Enjoy. We're trying to play it cool. We're trying to just be no- like normal here. Like is every day we're just talking to a coolest person on earth. Is just a <laughs> it's, not, it's not a big deal. oh you guys are so kind um no this is awesome i i sort of have to like kind of filter out some of the the requests um but you guys obviously have met you and yeah just seemed fun so here we go i'm going to share something that this could either derail the podcast or make it better oh great (laughs) here it comes look at this creepy mustached guy standing in the back of you at the crusher Look at this creep. 
<laughs> this is it. This is about to sneeze. <laughs> this was in the video. So I was watching some of your videos and I was like, oh, wait. from the call of a lifetime. And I'm like, wait, that's me. I'm like, look at this guy. <laughs> you honestly don't look like the same person right now. Uh, like you have more of a beard. That is really funny. See, you're famous. Sarah, I don't know if you knew this, but you might remember Kristen and I holding your bike right after that moment to go into the uh, outhouse. Your, your dog had just murdered that chicken. Yes. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Okay. Because yeah. I was just like, I had to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. It was I us. Totally... We were standing there. You cut in line and we were like, who the <laughs> F? What the F is this? I know. <laughs> no, that's not what we said. Oh, right. Just kidding. You were we talking knew who you were. Sophia talking about the chicken at the Airbnb. And oh my God. I looked at Sue and I said, Do you know who these two women are? And he kind of like looked at me like I could tell he didn't know. <laughs> I was like, Well, you're gonna about to know. <laughs> so of course oh we were like, God. hold your bicycles <sighs> and we can touch this for a second. That's so funny. Oh my, God, <laughs> my dog just murdered a chicken at the Airbnb. Uh, you guys, it that was, was awesome. Truly <laughs> the the f- I knew that that series had uh, launched in last January because all of a sudden I started getting people sending me texts with just the chicken emoji. And I was like, oh, boy, it's out. It's live. People know. <laughs> that was really <laughs> Then we met. We met at Leadville. And oh. we. um, We were talking with Fiona that so. Yes. Because of that, I that's where some of the acquaintances that's why I felt comfortable. Like, hey, there I you can are. Reach out to Stern. I know, I remember that. I can reach out to her. She we <laughs> take a picture together and we look do. at your jumpsuit. Kill her. I know. Look at my videographer in the background on the left. <laughs> yes. That is so cool. Oh, that was that's so that was fun. fun. Those are like the best memories from those races. <laughs> and finishing. Well, sometimes finishing, but oh, yeah. i know it's such a funny like community that's what we were talking about a lot with uh this other podcast was like the community that bike racing brings together sometimes it can be like annoying you know in the ways that it's annoying but like it's also like super cool because you get to like meet a bunch of new people and like have some really special experiences out there with other people that are having similar experiences right and that sarah that's what's so fun i think um i'll let kristen explain her crush with you but it's so fun when we see you at races because you're just like you're kind of like us we're like having fun we're like this is a terrible situation but let's (laughs) just pretend to have fun and smile and enjoy being in in beaver utah like it's gonna work out uh crusher is gonna be fun so um yeah yeah it's cool to do hard stuff it is very good. Uh, do you have your dog with you? Yeah, he's in he's in our living room. <laughs> that, that's one of Chilling. our. That, that's how we wanted to start the the podcast is each of us introducing our creature to the. Oh to the well, I'll call, I was going to say I could call him in here, but no, he's, it's all good. he's snoozing. <laughs> that's fun. I try to not have him in the room because usually he just like chews his bone just only when I'm on a call or a podcast. So. Good boy. That's good. good boy. Yeah. Good, good boy. boy Narn. Um, well, I've got this fun little quote we wanted to start with. It was, it's from you, if you don't mind. I'm quoting you. Oh, you boy. ready? Those who are humble and kind, but then destroy at their sport, that's way more inspiring. Wouldn't you rather go for a beer with someone 
who you think, wow, I just watched you at the Olympics and you're a cool person. That's the archetype that pro athletes should chase. Um, and the fun thing about you, Sarah, that's uh, kind of how we look at you. Like our whole team, uh, look at her smiling. That's very good. Oh, that's I, really nice. <laughs> we are just very uh, grateful to connect with you and just um, hear from you and your experience with cycling. You're a great example to us. And uh, it's fun from, I don't know, this community to have somebody as, uh, am I going to use this in quotations, as normal as you yeah. are? Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. Is that good? <laughs> no, I, I, I take that as a compliment these days okay, for sure. <laughs> Very good. Chip, Kristen, anything else? Anything else you wanted to say as you introduce Sarah? Yeah, I would say exact. Just to echo you, Stu, is um, you know, Sarah, where where I would move to is to introduce. If I was to introduce you to someone that didn't know you, I would say if you go to her funny um, uh, tab in Instagram, <laughs> just know, just know that when you're looking at the funny tab, well, even, even like when you're looking at the there. regular feed, the regular feed is just as fun <laughs> as the funny tab. So like the funny tab has to be like, oh. um, especially fun when <laughs> when the rest of the feed is this fun yeah that's uh i am trying i can think of a couple of things that are on the funny one but <laughs> i'm like oh boy sometimes i forget that like people can see things that i put out into the you know like it's not just like but it's great it's a great equalizer because like truly like sport and like i i can only imagine what it's like to like meet like a Hollywood famous person or like be a Hollywood famous person because they're probably just like this is my life this is like normal for me but people mm -hmm. like see the things that you do and social media has really brought that you know out in all of us right like we can it's like your instant like resume Kristen anything else uh, I've just been a follower since the 10 speed hero days. I was talking, oh. I almost went and got, I have like an old vintage, like vintage sweatshirt. I mean, this is like down in my closet and it's just the, it's just like the TSH like sweatshirt. Yes. Was it, is it the blue one? It's gray with like a bright yes. like feel on the front. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I love 10 speed hero. I mean, we wanted... Rafa is a great sponsor as well. And it was the right move for me, but 10 yeah. speed hero is, yeah, I have some, like, I have my little wall up here of like all my little memories, but yeah, it's such a, such a special place in my heart for a lot of people. For reals. It's just, it was such, it, I think it drew a lot of people in and I think it just matched your personality perfectly because it was like, especially coming like from road it was fun and funky and uh, it's so out cool. there and it just matched your personality so perfect and it just drew people in and i remember just like i wanted all of it i'm like well, she's oh. i want it <laughs> i mean i i felt like that like i my partner or fiance <laughs> i call him my beyonce um <laughs> introduced me to 10 speed hero um like oh my my goodness, like a long time ago when it used to be just like 10 speed hero, Luke, um, who's my friend who started the brand, but it was such a special, like, it was truly like the coolest, luckiest thing that's ever happened to me in my life was getting to sign 
with 10 speed hero and specialized for my first pro contract. It truly was just very lucky. And Sophia was actually the one that helped with that whole thing. Cause I didn't really have any results. Um, she was, they asked her to be on it and she said no. And she was like, but my friend Sarah does all my intervals with me. Cause that's how you used to have, well, still how I ride with Sophia is I just do her workout with her. Yeah. <laughs> but she was like, she can hang. She doesn't have any results, but like, she would be a great fit. And uh, she's, she was right. <laughs> awesome. Very fun. Um, Sarah, we follow you around lifetime, lifetime series. Yeah, we do. So we, we try to do a lot of them because they're real close to us. But we wanted to start by talking about lifetime. Like, I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. Like, <laughs> do you like it? Are you grateful mm. for it? Is it challenging? Personally, is it like a good thing? Are you going to stick with it? What's memorable about I, I don't want to like lump this all together, but it would be fun to hear your yeah. like your thoughts on the lifetime series because we sure. are. Like we enjoy it. We race in them and it's fun to watch you guys win them. So, yeah. okay, do it. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Cause it's sort of like, it's a very um, different experience to like be in it. And, and um, when it first started, I just remember thinking like, whoa, this is like a series made for me. Like I'm, I'm good at like endurance. I can do mountain biking. I can do gravel. Like I've done both of those things. And they were events for the most part that were like new and interesting to me. Um, and, and then when we were in it, it's like anything you're like, holy cow, this is a really long season and this is really challenging. Um, and then last year, um, it was a really different energy, but, and even though it like, it was harder in some ways, it was also like more special in other ways, because I sort of felt this sense of like, oh, this is a really unique thing that I have gotten to be a part of and it's like anything when you're in it it's really hard to see the all like the positives sometimes because you're in it I mean it's I'm not gonna lie like I complain a lot about it <laughs> to my partner um because it's hard I mean it's a seven month series yeah. and it's as much as we each try to not look at the overall standings your life becomes centered around where you are on that stupid list. <laughs> and it is, <laughs> I mean, I am an adult human being and I'm like, okay, I'm in second place. I can hold on to the Like, and then if you drop to third, it's like your world is like, or like, you know, and you're, you're bat Like Ellen was battling in the top 10, which is arguably like, the worst place to be is like 11th because you're like almost the anyway. So it's like, it's this two sided thing, right? Like each of the races, um, when you, when you actually are in it, it's wonderful and great. And like what I love about sport, but it also sort of puts this like year long pressure on us that I, I mean, I had never been a part of a series before. Like I'd never done the world cup series um, and even those, it's like the overall is sort of like an extra bonus, but really the goal is to like win an individual event. Right. Mm, yeah. And lifetime has sort of made it about both. Like your sponsors want you to win, but then, and they don't usually care about the overall, like my sponsors could give a, you know, about the overall, <laughs> but, 
uh, you like how I self I self mm, that was really on good. That. that was really good. We have children <laughs> listening. I know. I was like, I have to go back into like I'm coaching kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, you have to care about the overall because that's our payday too. But then it like it just like it's so much the whole year um, because these races are long. I mean, you're not just doing sea otter or unbound or leadville or big sugar or you know or crusher like these are gnarly events and then it just sort of my one complaint about it to be honest is that it it can very easily take over a schedule Mm, and the way to win the grand prix there's Mm. a strategy to it and it is solely focusing on the grand prix yeah Mm. but i don't know did that answer no, that yeah, was fine. perfect. Good yeah. Question. I do I w- think it has done cool stuff for the sport. Like it's given it it's it's breathed some some life in into no, gravel agree. racing and given sort of like something for people to follow. Because like before, if you had never raced a BWR series, you wouldn't know about BWR. And if you had never raced Leadville, you wouldn't follow Leadville or right. like know what it was, or you know, so on and so forth. So it's it's sort of given some some validity to like the endurance off-road scene, which is cool. One of my most favorite things from watching some of your videos is um, because I'll be honest, I'm just like a dad. We're just like dads racing, right? Okay. But that's awesome. When you say that you cry in your van, I really (laughs) think that is my favorite. When I woke up, when I woke up at Leadville this year in our little condo, I was like, "Eh." I was like, F this. I do not want to do this. It was like kind of remember, it was kind of like overcast. It was chilly. And I'm like, we're going to get pounded on Columbine. I'm like, this is dumb. I'm like, babe, do you want to just like go for a ride, like a fun little ride? (laughs) But like to hear you say that and to do these things and then get through them. And then it always is the same. Like once you get started, it's like, yeah, this is so fun. It's always the lead up is so that's why I'm like, I mean, I don't think. I don't think I'm the most real. I think I just like talk about it and voice it. (laughs) And like part of my thing, like I swear, I swear if I could tell you like the conversations that I've had on the start line of like, I have heard about how many times my competitors have gone to the bathroom, Mm -hmm. you know, how like the dreams that they had, the like sleep that they didn't have, like all Mm -hmm. of the things or like how, like, you know, I mean, last year I cried on the start line of Leadville. Cause I was just like, my energy has to go somewhere. And like, <laughs> I was like both like really excited. I mean, and Sophia felt the same way before unbound. She was just like dreading it because she just wanted to get it over with. Cause it's so much, I mean, gosh, going into a race like that, you know, the defending champion is tough. So yeah. it's just, there's any time that you're crying before a race, just know most of the pros <laughs> are doing the same. Oh my god! <laughs> just push your glasses up tighter against your right. face. Like, yeah, I guess the difference is like there's like maybe a couple more cameras on you, <laughs> so then you're reminded of that. <laughs> on. Uh, Kristen, any any questions about lifetime? I know Chip's got a couple. Um, no, I mean I think it's interesting because a lot of times I've you know I've heard you say kind of um along the lines of it, it doesn't really matter how fast you are you know nobody really cares and it's so funny because i've said that like after a big race like sometimes i come home and i'm like my kids are just happy to see me they don't care if i finished first <laughs> or if they finished oh, yeah. last 
And so it's funny because I've heard you say like, it, nobody cares if you were the fastest at a bike race. Um, and I love that, but I wondered how you like, I, I mean, I know what it feels like to train for like maybe one or two big events and it's like, you know, it's all encompassing, but to train for that many <clears throat> in a row, like, how do you feel like you can keep a foot on the ground and just kind of like, you know, I know you like to remind yourself like this is supposed to be fun, but I mean, that can get to a point where it's like, yeah, am I crazy? Like, no, totally. I, like <laughs> Yes. Yes. There are so many moments. I mean, the first year I did Leadville, you know, I'm like winning this race that I'm like, it was insane. And then, you know, up Columbine, my legs, well, I had to pee and I had passed Rose when she was winning. And so I was like, okay, I'm winning now. And then I had to pee. And the, this was back in the day when, you know, all of four years ago, when you had time to get off your bike to go pee. Now that's not the case, just mm. FYI. Uh, um, so I'm, you know, off my bike trying to pee and my legs double, like both of them cramp at the same time. And I just start peeing into my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and at that moment, I was like, what have I chosen for my life? I, I have chose, this was, myself. I did this to myself. myself. This is, I oh, care yeah. so much about crossing a finish line first that I am double like breadstick leg standing up and just peeing into my <laughs> shoes. Bread that and is the I, name of our podcast double bread <laughs> and it was just this mo anyway that's i there's just these like deeply like these deeply personal reminders of like what we're doing is so silly and it's so okay to care so deeply about something so dumb because mm. i mean truly the act of like caring and trying to do your best at something is a really cool privilege that we, you know, have a chance to do. And I don't know, I think it seems crazy that we do, and it is sort of crazy that we do so many events in a year, but in some ways it can almost take the pressure off because you get a lot of opportunities to do this thing. In some ways, I think if I, you know, if I went back 10 years to my normal career you know or my career as you know a nine to five graphic designer you get like one shot to do you know one of these races and then you like that's a lot of pressure on one event right like you, you're like okay and then I go back like I take PTO right like for this one thing <laughs> so in some ways it's like it is in it's a little bit easier to like be okay with like a mediocre day because like everyone has a mediocre day in the office or like a day that you're just feeling off mm -hmm. I think what's really important is to like and what's been tough it's tough for everybody and especially younger athletes is to focus on like the progress um and not like the you know the result um and like I mean every single year I'm I'm learning like I feel like I've had to totally step up my game from when I entered the sport in 2019 you know, it's a different, it's a different ball game now, but it's cool. It's a, it's a really cool experience to get to do that. Um, and I don't know, I keep telling myself, like when I'm retired from professional racing, these skills will serve me in other ways, but I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm just going to have to like learn how to fly jets or something <laughs> like super high, 
high pressure, intense. Like, <laughs> that's going to be like anyone would pee. want you. Anyone would want you to design their bike, though. Exactly. Oh yeah, maybe I'll go back to being a graphic designer. <laughs> They're so cool. What we want to know: What are you looking forward to in 2024? Speaking of the lifetime. Mm. What what are the ones that are you just are like, I feel good about it this next year. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Ooh, that's a great question. Um, specifically in lifetime. Yeah. Or okay. the world championships. Hello. <laughs> I do love I do love good world champs. Um <laughs> yeah, I you know what? I actually I love Crusher. I really like that race. Um, I feel like I have a couple more things to figure out. Um, with that one, I just think it's a really unique bike race and event. Like, and I love, I love the ones that have started like, you know, as these gritty, like Unbound. I mean, I never, ever in a million years thought I would do better at Unbound than Leadville and, mm-hmm. or enjoy Unbound because it, you know, flat power, you know, Midwest sort of kind of vibes. And there is a really special energy to that race that um, I still personally don't think that like what it's turned into, like racing for 200 miles is like, I actually think it's kind of bad for you. Um, (laughs) I really do. It's great. Like pushing yourself (laughs) that hard, like even the guys in the tour, you know, like, yeah, Obviously, like three Wait, weeks. Didn't you go blind this year at Unbound? Oh, my gosh. oh no, that was the Traca. Oh, that's right. Okay, I, sorry. But I didn't fully lose my eyesight. I, just, I know. Uh, that was an exaggeration. Sorry. No, someone else just said that to me. And I was like, did I say something somewhere <laughs> where I said that? It was I just the blind. pictures of you. Are... <laughs> yeah. No, I just, uh, I scratched my cornea. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so wear your sunglasses kids um yeah i would say like i think crusher is actually like i I truly like there's something to really love about them all and this year i have to say like big sugar has always been my least favorite i don't i think it's just that i'm so just drained by that that time of year but i did enjoy how much of like a proper bike race it was like there was like attacks and changing of the lead. And like, I love having a women's only start. Um, it really helps us have like a legitimate bike race, which is great, Mm, which is a really important thing. Um, Mm -hmm. it's not just like, you know, how long can we stay with the dudes? Yeah. Yeah. Staying on unbound to, again, to bring to the surface for everyone listening Sturm, one time you called it fun bound instead of unbound. So that's just kind of giving some flavor of your attitude <laughs> towards uh, your toughest event. In- it was sort of ironically, right? <laughs> yes. Sarah, you know, what's funny, Sarah, is our team, we like, for the longest time, we've been the biggest supporters of this race that rides from Logan, Utah to Jackson, Wyoming. So it's called Logan. Oh. It's 200 oh. and it's 206 miles. It's the longest road race in America. Oh, it's but, a race. So it's 200 miles racing. And then when we talk about unbound, I'm like, no, but do loaded you on a gravel bike. Yeah. That's- I, ca- I can't, everyone's like, we're probably not going to go to Kansas. Like it's probably not going to happen. Oh, have you done it? 
No, no, I don't think I don't know anyone you know, personally on our team that's recommend done it. It. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> it is, it is a, like it's wild. It's honestly wild to see how I mean, four thousand people start mm-hmm. that thing. That's cool. And I know it is crazy. I last year I had a chance to um work with Protect Our Winters and we talk about being nervous. We got to go to Washington, DC. And, you know, talk to lawmakers about why people should care about the environment. And, you know, I was coming at it from like, I'm a cyclist. This is my job. This is how, you know, global climate change and the climate crisis has affected my job. And I use Unbound as an example, because these lawmakers, they have, they're so detached. They have no idea, like other than like some of them probably know about the Tour de France. But I'm like, okay, 4,000 people start this bike race in the middle of the country. And it's the biggest one day bike event, I think, in the world at this point, wow. um, which is pretty insane, right? right? And I was like, the fact that Unbound has had to get rerouted before because of like, flash flooding because of unprecedented climate change, you know, these things. And I just watched their eyes. Like, you know, we're talking to people that are so far removed from the things (laughs) that all of us know and see and do. So it was kind of a cool thing to be like, no, no, no. 4,000 people want to ride 200 miles. (laughs) Are you telling me you're putting your buttocks on a bike for 200 miles? Yeah, I don't yeah. know what accent that was, but that was fun. <laughs> you know, I think that was actually that was how lawmaker. someone sounded. <laughs> yeah, that's what we picture lawmakers to sound like. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it is crazy. Do you feel um, with with the seven month season, mm-hmm. you start to feel a little bit tied to it? Like your your schedule revolves a little bit around it, and um, do you still take like try to explore? races outside of lifetime that you want to be because some races are are fun and some events are like you, you want to go to them because you just like love them and and then when you get into this schedule of what you have right now it's like dang so or or yeah. someday i'm gonna go back to uh r- racing everything i just yeah enjoy. Yeah, yeah no that's such a good question i think it's It is interesting um, to see how some people build their calendar, you know, at the beginning of the year right now, like all of us have figured out for the most part what 2024 will look like. And 22 and 23 for me was pretty focused around the Grand Prix, especially like when you're in the top three or top four, you know, it's it's easy to get um, not sucked in because that sounds like in a bad way, but like you're in you're in some like good money and like if you're in also like even if there wasn't money I'm pretty sure I would still feel just as competitive about it (laughs) you know like you just want like you're like oh but I could move up in this next race or like (laughs) you know like so you're just kind of in this game um and and for me like next next season is going to be really interesting because I felt like I have dedicated a decent part of my schedule to the Grand Prix the last two years. Um, I definitely learned a, an interesting lesson um, after Unbound. I did uh, Telluride Gravel, which is this 100 miler just next to me, essentially. 
and it's honestly one of the most beautiful races um but I did that and then I also did another Colorado gravel race that was like a hundred and something miles and um I just totally dug this hole (laughs) after Unbound that I had a really 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 hard time recovering from and getting out from under and it wasn't just Unbound it was like the Traca 360 and Mm -hmm. Unbound in in the spring and then Mm -hmm. and you know it's really easy to overcook yourself is what I'm saying. And I learned uh, an interesting lesson in recovery, um, which it's would seem that I haven't learned that lesson looking at my <laughs> calendar for next year. More, more. Because <laughs> I signed up for another series that I'm going to try to do at the same time. Well, that that's requires, smart. That's smart. Yeah, super smart. Uh, more traveling and longer races mixed Ooh. into the Grand Prix because and I, I, we'll see we'll see i there there'll be like some lessons in there i'm sure of like i'm gonna have to sit this race out um to be able to prioritize other ones but we basically you just play this game of like okay how do we feel let's assess the situation and are we gonna do this <laughs> the whole year <laughs> fun um one of my most favorite parts of the year and this this will sound kind of silly was when I wanted coverage of the world championship oh so bad. Yeah. But the only coverage I could get was you doing live stream of Keegan and you were yelling at Keegan <laughs> the same way that I yell at Keegan and I don't even know him. <laughs> like a crazy, like, like a, a cr- like an idiot. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I was dying watching your live feed of the men's. Okay. But oh can you talk God. about can you talk about that experience for a bit being oh, in that yeah. in that race and being in that situation? It was okay. cool. Like cool. um you know I had just actually come from a very disappointing race the weekend before in Trinidad for some reason I was just talking about this for some reason that weekend I just you know I had this horrible race and I just felt terrible and blah blah blah. Um, but I really didn't know why. So then you like start questioning all the things like, should I go overseas to race for the US and like, blah, 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 R- waste all these resources. And, and so I was really unsure of how that was going to go. And um, it turns out I just, I think my body just follows my brain. And when I'm really stoked on something, I think I, I just tend to do a lot better at it regardless of where I am in my training or, you know, recovery or whatever. Um, and, and yeah, like I, I was really fired up from, uh, the fact that the UCI and the race promoters didn't, uh, broadcast the women's race. Like I cannot explain to you the rage that I felt. I mean, my ears were hot. Um, so, I was really, really upset. I have other explicatives that I could use, but, you know, family-friendly podcast here. So (laughs) just know I was really, really angry. (laughs) And I just channeled that and it ended up being such a special day. And it's such a shame that people didn't get to experience that with the women. Um, Because I did the World Champs um, race last year, also in Italy. But this year, I mean, I was racing against women who were in polka dots and yellow Jersey in the tour de France. So like it, it was like the most star studded field from like pro mountain bikers to pro gravel racers to pro road racers and everything in between. Like it, it's just really special. Um, and so I was like on this high of getting, you know, really good result. And then I'm watching the men and like 
I know, like, we know Keegan is capable of mm -hmm. a medal, right? So, like, right. we're all, like, at Team USA, it's such a cool thing to get to go to world champs because, like, you take off your, like, normal trade team jersey and you put on your, your country's jersey and you're all this, like, funny little team, even though you've been racing against each other all year. And so I'm watching, and I know where is going to be the, where the chaos will be because all of the women did the same thing at that one section in this race. It's such European racing. If it's not taped, you go for it. You cut and, the grass. <laughs> yeah. We were just like swooping down. And uh, so I like was standing there and Keegan, the issue with the men is that none of us really had UCI points. I mean, not compared to like road where you right. get hundreds of UCI points for the races that they do. So they were like, you know, five or six rows back in this very critical start to this race. And I just see Keegan cut and go down and <laughs> gain like a hundred spots and just was like losing, losing it. And the further and further back in the course that it was going, like more and more dudes were doing that, but they had fewer and fewer skills <laughs> to support <laughs> it. So I was just like, oh my God, like watching this like chaos of like, I was like, I was watching like guys get like T-boned and like, it was insane and then you know they had like what six more hours of racing after that your coverage was better than but the normal was... coverage so funny i i actually heard that it was so funny <laughs> yeah and i learned how stressful feed zones were because you know my partner dylan and i were uh in the feed zone for both team usa and for specialized so we're like you know i'm like seeing the other side of the sport and I, I tell you what, like for any pro racer out there, spend some time in the feed zone trying to feed someone else. It'll give you a really good perspective. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Cool. Let's let's stay there for a minute on um, just women in cycling and the growth is so mm -hmm. awesome. And you are such an advocate of it, Sarah. And and so many are following that and watching that and, and love that. Um, each of us coach, uh, our local high school team and the NICA team and, and Kristen, awesome. especially she'll share more on, on, uh, the grit team and, and, cool. and what that is. But, um, what, what do we, what, um, what is the feedback that you can give to those that are aspiring Sarah Sturms out there that are like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm chasing and I'm, I'm going to be um, a female cyclist that is going to win. Um, I think that your uh, just advocacy and what you've shared, especially in that race and what was not shown was man inspiring. Hmm, yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason I, well, I know part of the reason I was so upset, it's not, it's not because like, I wanted personally, of course, to like, I wanted people to see me have this great race. I think what is so upsetting is, and, and why people are like, why aren't more women in sports? You know, like, why aren't there more women on the start line? And I'm like, well, first of all, you don't, there used to I mean there still sort of is the issue of equal payout right and it's just equality is all we're after at the moment um and the fact that the men's race was broadcast and the women's was not 
And we found out the night before the race. I guarantee you, had we known that that was going to be the case, Mm. just the day before, as women, we we would have figured out a GoFundMe. We would have paid that help. I was staying at the the like Airbnb that that had the helicopter pad that. Mm the helicopter that was televising the men's race was at our, like I would have paid that dude to go up there and shoot the women's like we would have figured it out. And the, the reason I was so upset is that there's a lot of young people that don't get to necessarily like see this level of sport in their backyard. And we have the technology in our hands at all moments of the day to be able to watch these sorts of things. Right. And it just is such a a huge disappointment and letdown for all of the young girls that could have watched, you know, Demi Vollering, um, you know, the women's Tour de France winner or like Sophia or myself or like any of the other women race this event. They couldn't see it. And it really, and I understand like when people say like, Um, you know, you have to, you know, you have to see it to believe it and to be that. And it's such an important part of the sport is to like pass down to like younger generations of like, you know, and inspire those, those young people and show them, you know, all of the hard work that you've put into the sport too. And I don't know, it's just such a, such a devastating shame um, Hmm. that that wasn't, accomplished for this race and it also gave and i told shannon this um he's uh runs cold collaborative which is the production company that uh puts on um or sorry who made call of a lifetime and he has been a part of the the broadcasting of a lot of the lifetime events and i thanked him you know i sent i I saw him in person at big sugar a week later and i was like man it really gave me a lot of perspective on the racing that we have here in the U S and even if it's like an Instagram live feed, you know, like when I'm not racing a race, you know, I'm clicking through all those stories (laughs) trying to see like, who's, you know, in the front and, and it's cool. Like it's a really special way. I mean, my poor parents are like, Oh, cool. Another 12 hour bike race we get to follow. (laughs) But it is like, I don't know. It's such, such an important piece you know and it, it really like I mean I care so deeply and it's really it's um uh, I like watching sports and I know that people like following my career and you know my competitor's career because I do the same thing so I don't know I'm just on that tangent I can't remember exactly all the other no, questions you asked it's great it's good all right, calm down. We'll let you calm down there for a bit about Ooh, that. Yeah, I know. I'm like, Give me <laughs> I actually got this great hat from this company called Feisty Media. Mm-hmm. And they sent me this hat that says, watch women's sports. And I love that like 99% of the places I wear that hat, it's fully out of context. <laughs> <laughs> the lawmakers, they got to see it. Very good. <laughs> Kristen, any... I mean, anything you want to ask Sarah about women in sports or any thoughts you had about coaching our little mountain bike teams? Oh yeah. Coaching. Um, Carl, one of the things I loved is I, I was watching one of your, I think it was your, um, frontiers. Oh yeah. Yeah. And in there, you said we can do so much more as a mentor than we can as like 
an inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that resonates with me because that's like what we do with our girls. Um, and so I love the work that you do with the Durango Devo girls. And mm-hmm. if you want to talk about like coming, <clears throat> going into racing, kind of finding like, you know, you kind of hit that little bit of a wall. And then I feel like you kind of came back and I don't know if that's when you started the Durango Devo, like working with them or, mm-hmm. or what, but maybe talk a little bit about like what you found yeah. and how that like helps you now as an athlete, because I feel like I have a little bit more responsibility when I know that those girls are looking at me. So I just yeah. want to hear your take on that a little bit. Oh, I love that. And also thank you all of you for coaching and working with young people. Cause it's, I, you know, when I started with coaching, like I was still in college and I just remember feeling like, wow, this is, this is really, really hard. Like, this is not something that people give enough credit to. I mean, my mom is a teacher. My uh, partner's parents were both teachers. Like I, I have, I understand. And I can see that like teaching and guiding people is actually a very challenging thing. And coaching is one of those things. And the more and more I coach, the more and more I learned how to be a good coach and then also how to be um, a responsible athlete, in my opinion, is is doing some of that work and giving back and riding with young people. Um, and during the pandemic, I had a really awesome opportunity to dedicate a lot more time to coaching because there wasn't racing. And of course, the writing and coaching that we did looked very different in the pandemic, as I'm sure you guys have experienced, mm-hmm. you know, we had to break out into smaller groups and it was me with all, you know, these kids and, but it was a much smaller one. And it honestly was such an important part of my life. Selfishly. Um, I just learned a lot about like how to work with younger people and, um, and truly like was totally in awe of like, I, I love the age of like the like U19 group because they're like, you know, they're in high school. They're like figuring out who they are and who they want to become. And like, I could care less if they like continue with cycling. But I do think that like what you learn as like any level of athlete, like a lot of those kids ha- will never and had never raced, you know, like, but they show up each day for practice. I remember one day, I, you know, it was like, okay, we're going to do this ride. And they all started complaining. And I was like, I'm sorry, I am not getting paid enough to like force you guys to do this. Like, I'm not trying to be another like teacher or parent in your life. Like, I just thought it was cool that we all got to go to on a bike ride together. But if you guys don't want to do that, we can like sit around and look at Instagram, I guess. And they were like, oh my God, what is she like? No, we're just giving you a hard time. We're so sorry. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to like snap at you like that but I was just like I'm not here to like force you to do anything you get enough of that in your life and it was just this moment where I was like oh if you just talk to these kids like normal people like in my life and to this day I mean they're all graduated from college now but I still stay in touch with them and they've all like done these really different things in their lives and it's a really special thing that you get to learn um and then you were you asked another question and I was like okay I have a great answer (laughs) to this what was the other question that you asked um I did ask if you felt that like being a mentor and having those girls look up to you gives you like more purpose or responsibility as you go out yes thank you yeah that's such a great question and um 
And something I can definitely answer now, uh, putting Ellen um, Campbell, who I used to coach when she was a junior cyclist on Devo. Um, and we were sort of joking the other day, like when I was changing her diapers, you know, as her babysitter, not really, but she, um, she's now like, I brought her on the team as like sort of a mentor, like, uh, in a non-traditional like team sense. Um, she has her own contracts now with, um, a lot of the shared sponsors that, that I have and, but she's her own person, but we're on the same, the same team. And um, it is, I remember the year that she did Leadville for the first time. It was last year. Her first year of racing endurance was the first year of the Grand Prix that she got into. And I had had a pretty like subpar race. And then watching Ellen, like not too far behind me, finish with like, not only like, I mean, obviously it was a PR for her, but she like way outperformed what her expectations for herself were and it was this instant replacement of like my little pity party of like you know kind of a bummer race for me of like Mm. getting hit by a cow and like you know cramping and blah 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 (laughs) and I was just like oh my god Ellen seriously just got in the top 10 and her time of her first ever Leadville two years ago three years ago would have been a podium finish for her Mm. and it was this like really special moment and it wasn't just the time and it wasn't that she you know did you know I mean neither of us won but it was this really special moment for me because I was like wow I really deeply care about how Ellen is doing in these races and how she's able to like push through things that are hard for her there's also this other side of like the first race that we did and I didn't think through how dangerous the starts of these races are. And like, I don't think about it for myself, but I was like in the start of, you know, whatever gravel race we were in. And I was like, Oh my God, I hope Ellen survives this. (laughs) Like there's this whole new level of like nervousness and like fear, but for another person. Oh my God. I mean, I'm sure you guys go through it. We have our, well, when our daughters go out on those Nike races, it's like, Oh, by the time you get to the start line, I'm like, listen, just, Please don't just die. Just be safe. Yes. Yeah. I always just say, well, you just have fun and race clean and the rest of it doesn't matter. Which doesn't actually, matter now. it's such great advice because it's so true. Cause like actually just like having kind of a slow start and staying safe and staying like out of all the like kerfuffles is actually a lot faster than crashing in the front. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I think working, working with younger people and like fitting into this, like, mentorship looks like a lot of different things you know it's not it just like being an athlete and that's what I hope that I can like show to people is that you don't have to be this like super type I mean you can be if you want but like we've known that the the athlete archetype for the most part is like this type a super intense you weigh your food you know all the things you have a blah and like it really doesn't it doesn't have to always look like that and the same thing with mentorship like you you can be a lot of different things and guide people. And maybe it's just one person, you know, like I think anytime that you're passing on care um, for someone else is really important. Yeah, I love that. And that, um, that kind of, I have a question about that. I was listening to some podcasts last week uh, that you were on and you talked about how there was a time where your self-worth was totally tied up to the success. Like when you would, you're watching that, 
the list come out and you're just like, this sucks. Like I'm not. And then you kind of had a different, like a change of heart. Um, like, what does that look like to you? What is success mm. in this sport? What does that mean when you're like, oh, I'm doing good. I'm successful. Yeah. Because I, there's a lot of, as weird as this sounds, um, we spend a lot of time on bikes, just this little team of ours. Yeah. And sometimes when you get injured or um, now you've got like a bunch of kids and you're not being able to join the team rides and you're not winning or podium at our races, it's like maybe yeah. biking is not as cool as I thought it was. Um, like yeah. for you, what does that look like? What does success in the sport mean? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think it's also a good question for everybody to like, honestly, like often revisit. Mm -hmm. And it's a really hard one to answer. Um, for me, success is, is uh, like truly doing, uh, doing like the best I can with what I have. Right. So like every year you step, like I've had the opportunity and the privilege to step up how much support I get and how much, you know, opportunity I have to put into this sport. So like where I am now is very different from where I started, but my, my definition of like success is using, is not letting that go to waste is, is using that support and that privilege and working so, so hard to achieve something just a little bit out of my reach. Right. So like, sometimes that is winning. And sometimes like, you know, if I were to en enter the women's tour, my goal, I can guarantee you would not be to win the tour. <laughs> you know, <laughs> does that mean that I'm less successful than the person who wins the tour? Absolutely not. It would be a different goal for me, which is I want to uh, finish each stage in the top 50%, you know, or something like that. And then that's my, that's my yellow Jersey. So you sort of have to like, for me, at least it's figuring out. And I, I think a lot of, a lot of cyclists think this way. And a lot of athletes at the high end of sport think this way, you know, it, I'm not going to lie. Like at, when you get to the point where you're getting a paycheck, um, you know, a, a right. result is really important, but it's also something you don't have a ton of control over too, because there's also 50 other people who are just as fit, who have just as much support as you, who are trying to do the exact same thing on the exact same day at the right. exact same time. So if you look at it as winning is success and losing is not success, you're going to have a really, really hard time in sport because there's only ever one winner. And there's yeah. a lot of people who are worthy of that win who didn't win. And yeah. if that's success, then I don't know. Does that mean that everyone wasted their time? Then it would be really boring bike racing. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to redefine those things. And I guess for me, it sort of changes for each race, you know, like my goal was never like win unbound or get top three. And I, you know, it was like, keep pedaling and like problem solve and just keep going. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes my goal is just to ride as hard as I can. Which I, I know sounds like so simple and lame, but it's all you can do. Yeah. And sometimes that gets you back of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sarah, one thing that we love is your, uh, your smile. You're always smiling. It's so fun to see how happy you are and all your 
posts and pictures and stuff like that. And it was kind of a question. This, uh, and you don't have to, I don't know if this, this might not be that deep, but um, like, where does that, uh, is, do you have like a, a moral code? Like what, yeah. uh, like, why are you yeah, happy? Like an ethos. Yeah, yeah. Like, why are totally. you happy? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think part of it is like, you know, I'm, I've always been like a pretty positive person. Um, but also like, I don't know, like I, I know it probably doesn't resonate with everybody, but I, if I'm not having fun, like enjoying myself, like the supposed to be fun campaign that I've done and will continue to do, um, it's, it is deeper than it sounds, I guess, like to me with anything, like if you have the privilege of choice, which most of us in the U.S. have mm -hmm. that, which is a, a huge privilege, right? Like not enjoying what you're doing and, and choosing to do. And, and fun is different. Like fun is having double leg cramps and peeing into your shoes sometimes, <laughs> you know, and then finishing that, yeah. that race or like, you know, getting up after you hit a cow, which yeah. I need to start saying, oh, I hit the cow. The cow didn't technically hit me. Sorry. The cow came to me and was like, Hey, Sarah, lay off. Like I didn't hit you. <laughs> technically I ran in front of you and you hit me. Um, but it, there's so many moments that are very objectively not fun, but if you're for the most part, like as a whole, if you're not doing things that you enjoy and that you're not, you know, bringing that joy, I maybe find another thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. And that's like, if I have the privilege of choosing this, this cool life and like, there's a lot of really, I mean, my partner's sitting in the other room, probably going like, yeah, you should see how stressed she gets. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, like I feel super lucky and enjoy myself. Um, and I've also been in jobs that are not a great fit and I have not found that fun and that enjoyment. Um, and I move on <laughs> and I find something else that I, that I enjoy more. But for me right now, like the opportunity to like work on myself, to be the best bike racer and bike rider and bike advocate that I can be is pretty cool. Very yeah. cool. And if, if people are listening that don't know you, mm -hmm. um, I, this is kind of nerdy, but I went and copied and pasted some comments from YouTube videos, um, that I thought were just so far. I don't know if you've ever seen these, but no. <laughs> so there here's mean ones. <laughs> there's no, no. Sarah's Sarah's attitude and performance are aspiring AF. Oh. <laughs> Sarah, you have the world's best smile, hands down. Great video. Your positive energy is contagious. Oh. Such a wonderful and creative person with a willingness to share true passion with others. Sarah, your joyful, kind-minded essence and presence is refreshing. You're the embodiment of energy. I love that one. <laughs> Uh, just watch the race series. Your enthusiasm, your okay, okay. Just watch the race series. Your enthusiasm is infectious. It was oh. a better watch than the Tour de France. I mean, oh, I just wow. if That's you don't know, so nice. I just think it's fun. Um, like what you bring when you bring that to races and stuff. It's refreshing. Uh, so, well, good job. I need to thank you so much. This I need this like podcast every time, like to pet me up. <laughs> Yes. We'll find things. the bus at Leadville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. No, I mean, I mean, part of it too is like, 
mimicked by the people that I get to meet. Like, you know, when we got to take a photo together at Leadville or when you guys held my bike at Crusher, um, you know, it's, it's fun to like be around people that are really like also sure. We're all nervous. Like we're all kind of like freaked out about this thing that we've all chosen to do. Um, but there's so many awesome, like smiling, like positive people out there that I, I also like draw inspiration from. And it's a good reminder when I'm like <laughs> crying in the bus, eating oatmeal at four in the morning <laughs> before <laughs> so a race good. that it's like, you know, this is, this is a really, really special thing. And like, I'm not really about that, like toxic positivity stuff. Cause like, I try to bring the real side of it too. Like there are like, really uh, so many so many moments of like self-doubt and questioning and you know sadness and disappointment and true like devastation you know within the sport but it's all kind of a part of it right like there's some beautiful moments and there's some really not beautiful ones too yeah for sure so um go ahead chip some of the moments that are not as beautiful sarah the i mean they're the the cow story, there is no one I would hope that it would happen to. I don't want that to sound bad, but <laughs> you made it so fun that it was talked about amongst Peloton's local for, for time, you know. I still get people no, sending me DMs cow. of cows, which yeah. is really funny. <laughs> uh, and then, the, you know, of course, the chicken story that we shared. Uh, I, I think that one thing that surrounds you are just these incredible fun farm animals yes like <laughs> why just everything uh you you attract you attract that so, um <laughs> so fun and and then the one thing that i will add though is as we talk about you being um so fun and outgoing and and everyone wants to be around you what's cool is to follow you as an athlete that when it's race time then you you dial that in and it is time to race. And then you your tire goes across the finish line and it's like it's it's Party. fun. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, so fun. Sarah, can oh, we talk about can we talk about that for one sec as we wrap sure. up? I yeah. would love to hear um like you're talking to amateurs here. What is the biggest difference between like what makes a great rate, like a great cyclist, mm. like in your opinion, when you're like that guy, he's never going to make it like, I mean, I know we all love cycling and it gives us so much and everything, but you've seen so many levels of the sport. Yeah. Um, when it comes to training and riding and racing, what advice would you give um, like our team or people hoping to be better at what we do? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, well, the thing that I always tell like younger people is that, um, to, to find like support, like a lot of times, like younger people are like, sort of like racing to like have their breakthrough result or like prove themselves, you know, to a sponsor, a team or, you know, um, whatever. And I always like make a point to mention like, yeah, results are important. Um, but people are watching every moment like it's it's on the bike it's off the bike it's how you are to your competitors to your teammates to your parents to your coaches like if you win the race and then you're a huge brat it's gonna be really hard to find a team that wants to support that so like 
but it, it goes all the way gosh brat sounds like such a mean word but like <laughs> I've I have seen like kids just absolutely fall apart or like just have these like epic you know meltdowns which is a part of sport of course but then like how you treat people in those scenarios of high stress is incredibly important and how you um how you present yourself outwardly hmm. is it, it it can start like you know filtering inside like sometimes if you project that you're calm cool and collected even though you're like i'm chaotic inside it's like it starts to like kind of seep in and like um, and that's important. And I think for young people, it's a really hard one to learn because it's like just so much, which is so fair um, that you, you know, you just have to learn. And then my second piece to that, which applies, I mean, that also applies to amateurs. Don't get me wrong. I have seen <laughs> amateur men and women act the same way as I've seen kids <laughs> at Nike races act. <laughs> um, so the the second thing I'll say is um, I think the difference sometimes that can uh, differentiate like an elite level pro and um, an amateur is um, long game. So like everything can can like move into the next event, right? So like okay, like the long game here is improvement as a whole like not just winning this one thing and you have to be like so because if you're like if you're making the same mistakes at every single race you're gonna get served that same lesson over and over and over again but if you have this long game kind of mentality of like you know what i really want to get better at x y and z and here's here's my plan in doing those things and making those incremental changes, you're not, you can't do that all with one event or two events. It's like 10 events down. So it's like the longer you push out that goal or like that idea of self-improvement, like the more dedicated you are, the calmer you are, the more calculated you are. And I'm saying this as someone who's not calm or cool or calculated <laughs> at all. That's awesome. <laughs> so you can find that in other ways. I'm too. just going like, to edit this part out. That's great. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you funny. don't have to be like, you know, you don't have to approach it the way that everyone else is approaching it, I guess, is my point. You can do that in your own way that works for you. Cool. Kristen, any follow up there? I mean, I don't know. You had a lot of questions for Sarah about training and everything. Anything oh, you yeah. Ask? No, I think... You know, I love your approach actually to it of, I think I've seen a couple interviews where people ask you about your training or what, like, what mm -hmm. have you done to prepare? And you're like, what are you talking about? Like I drove my back there and I'm here. Like I ate my I own, <laughs> um, which I think is awesome. But if you had to say, you know, especially to some of these young girls who it's hard, you, you watch these girls and they get so excited. Um, being part of NICA is like such an incredible environment. Oh, it's so cool. And, and, high school ends and I feel like it just goes and it yeah. just kind of falls on its face. And, you know, you want these girls to have this community that keeps going. And, and mm -hmm. so one thing I would ask is um, decision wise, I mean, there's just not a lot of colleges that even have like women's cycling as an option, but like, what's the smartest next step. And then mm -hmm. the, only other, the only other ask I would say is what is, what is like the necessary evil to you when it comes to training? Like none of us like mm. necessarily love, I mean, I'm not like a huge like numbers person and I like to just ride my bike, but if you were going to pick something to tell, mm. you know, athletes coming up, like this is one thing, like you just don't, 
miss. This is the this is like kind of the necessary evil that I would choose when it comes mm. to training. Mm, yeah. Pee your bibs. Pee your bibs. Ooh. <laughs> pee in your pants, kids. <laughs> your shoes, kids. <laughs> um, no, that's such a great yeah. Okay. I'm gonna start with like kind of the first part of that, which is, you know, like I'm not gonna lie, there's you know, there's a lot of training that that I do and um a lot of like I have a coach. Right. I have a coach who I've worked with um for a long time. I have uh, you know, my just like personal therapist that just like keeps, you know, your brain functioning. I just brought on someone that helps me like lift heavy things and put them back down, like making mm. sure I know how to do that without getting injured, which that is one thing I wish I had known earlier that you're supposed to do. And that's helpful. Um, strength training, I think is really, really important just for general health and wellness. Um, I also like just brought on someone to like help me figure out how many calories to eat because like you, I could be, I am not interested in numbers at all. And um, sometimes it's a really important part of the sport, like at a certain point, like, you know, you can, there's no two ways about it. Um, if you're training for something, you have to do the work. And sometimes, you know, the work is not very glamorous. Like oftentimes here it's like 25 to 30 degrees and I don't feel like getting on the trainer because that sometimes is horrible for me. And, um, you know, you spend 30 minutes getting all of your, <laughs> I call it my seal blubber. Um, you know, you put all your blubber on and then you get outside and you just get it done. And sometimes it is just not a glamorous thing and you're just going to be bummed about it the whole time, but you have to do the work at a certain point. And um, I, I think honestly, like, I follow, I follow very specific people in the sport um, because some of them, and I think social media is a really, really big component of for young people in comparing because I do it as uh, an adult and a professional and knowing the people to follow that like bring things into your life that bring lessons and learning and inspiration is really important. So sometimes when I see Kate Courtney, who's one of my friends and who I followed for a very long time, when I see her putting on her rain pants and going out for a five hour ride, I'm like, okay, people do this. This is something that people do. Like we just have to push through the the days that you just don't want to go outside and train and like make it a thing. And so sometimes it's like this cool community and it can very easily tip into the other of like, you know, like self deprecation where you're like, ugh, I wasn't motivated. And I saw so-and-so got out for a six hour ride and they live in this place that's sunny and nice. And, mm -hmm. and I think just trying as, as best you can to minimize who you're comparing yourself to within reason, of course. Um, did I answer all of your questions? I feel like I missed some of them. Like when you're talking, I'm like, ooh, yeah, that. And then I have something to say <laughs> and then I forget about it. Um, for the girls who are coming out of NICA or for, yes, for looking yes. for more like post high school, because I mean, yeah. I feel like I'm probably off of a high, to be honest. And then yeah. you want to help them. So anyways, like what yeah. avenues do you feel like are kind of the ones to take? Um, is, it US is it like, where do you go? Yeah, that's such a good, that's such a good question. And like, it's also something that women outside of collegiate racing experience also, and outside of U23, like once you're getting out from under these umbrellas of, you know, 
um, younger support systems. It's really, really, it's sort of like you just get thrown into the deep end a little bit. Um, I would say it's a two part answer. Like I think for these younger people, if you decide to go to college, they're inevitably is going to be a group of people that want to ride their bikes. Um, they might not have ever done a bike race before, but oftentimes it's really easy to start a cycling club if you're in the educational system. If you are in the working force after high school, um, I think going to local bike shops and finding groups of people to ride with, to try to like emulate that like, that really fun, supportive, like group mentality that you get with NICA. There's, unfortunately, there's not a great way to rep, rep, replicate NICA um, if you don't have like a college cycling team. There are also like a lot of D1 and D, or sorry, it's like varsity and non-varsity now and club. Um, there's a lot of schools that do have cycling programs um, that are both competitive and then just like participatory and those are awesome but I think any place that you can like you either have to be the person that's starting you know that communication and that like excitement around something which I have watched um, a couple of my Devo girls go out and start their own bike teams or like their own cycling clubs which is such a cool thing to see them like take ownership of, which I know is like so much more work than just like showing up for a group ride. But there, there are ways to find like different group rides in different cities, like all across the country, which is really cool. And I think if you can just like try to emulate that, like that, like fun group mentality. And sometimes that comes from team environments and that's a whole other discussion, but oftentimes like NICA, if you just put that out there to your coaches, um, to your NICA coaches, like, hey, can you help me find, like, if there's a club team in this new area that I'm, like, moving, or, like, if there's a club team, you know, that you're in your town already, like, what are the steps to getting, to being a part of that? Nice. Ladies are very welcome to join me, Dwelle, if you're still listening to our podcast. Yeah, we need more ladies. We need more young ladies. Kristen will be your ambassador. She will bring you on. So if anybody wants to join, you're welcome. And Sarah, we wanted to make a plea, uh, our final ask. You got to come and do point to point in Park City, right, Chip? That has been on. It it. looks so awesome. (laughs) That will be be like one of your do it just for fun. Yes. I mean, they're all pretty fun. But yeah, that. Okay. If we could get that as a part of the Lifetime Grand Prix, it that might. would be great. Nice. Really? I mean, why not? It's so I mean, cool. why not? Chemo, are you listening? <laughs> Put it in. Nice. Oh, yeah, nice. that would be sweet. Well, let's wrap up, um, if that's okay, Sarah. Yeah. We're so grateful for you. I don't want to take any more of your time. We're. This has been so fun, and now we can scream your name like we're old friends at races. <laughs> we are totally. When you're coming <laughs> down, sure. when you're coming down Columbine, we can be like, oh, I know it. I Don't know hit you. the cows. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Uh, you guys Chip. are awesome. Thank you so, so much for this opportunity. I'm so glad that it all worked out. Yes. Sorry about the rescheduling. <laughs> no worries. Thanks, Sarah. Grateful for you. Thanks. Thanks everybody. Bye guys. Bye.